Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship in dialogue with the world as disciples of the Word. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple Podcast. My name is James Johnson and I'm here as always with my co-host... Nick Houston. Nick Houston. In the house. Nick, it's great to have you here. We have two special guests with us today. Two! We're doing a forfer, Two. which we have not done since we had the new setup. So we got a whole new no. microphone situation going yeah. on. Uh, have not no all I- of them work. No exactly idea if right. everybody's been recorded or not. We're just going to see what happens, and uh, if we have to bring people in for re-records, you could just edit in your no. voice. Yeah, that's whatever the, it is that you would have said. The magic of post-production. <laughs> post-production. Uh, but we have with us Nate and Stu. Guys, welcome, welcome to the Dialogic Disciple Podcast. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks so much for having us. Great to be here. How is your spring going? Your Easter tide season? Uh, well, beautiful weather. Oh, it's going well. I thought you were like, well, uh, no, that, that would have had an uplift at the end of it. <laughs> That's true. I had this strong tonal <laughs> punctuation. Well, period. No, um, the only kerfuffle was uh, I had reservations at eight o'clock in the morning and I, I went to dial them down uh, in quantity the night before open up a couple seats hopefully and the only thing i could do is cancel the whole thing so um instead i watched uh watched it on my phone okay uh i watched reverend uh watched, oh, you mean for easter yeah for easter yeah yeah what event are you talking about yeah no i watched <laughs> i watched the 8 a.m service it was great okay um fantastic you know we've uh we went we came a long way very quickly um a year ago yeah and uh how good was it to have easter service in the building well, that's my whole point yeah, is I was trying to be in the building. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Stu. Yeah. I was talking to these other two guys who work here at the church. That's what, that's what I get for being giving and trying to, trying to give back some open slots. Next time, I'm just keeping them. Uh, yeah, well. I'll, I'll make reservations for nine. Well, anyway. anyway. <laughs> but uh, it was a great service, as always. As always. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, no, It was great to be back in the building. I yeah. mean, after last year's Easter having to be completely virtual, um, even though we had the cap attendance, yeah. in-person was great. The outside service was awesome. My family came to the outside service, and I was really, really psyched to see that many people gathered. Um, we had about 300 for the outside yeah. service. I guess this is the first time we've, we've done this since, since, uh, since Easter. Since it was only like a week ago. We didn't have, we took oh, a break yeah. last week. Yeah, we so. took a break last yeah, week. Okay, so, cool. yeah, we get to recap Easter. Oh, oh. I can say, oh. oh, I can say happy Easter. Happy hey. Easter. Hey. hey. Good news. He is risen. He is he risen. risen indeed. God. He is yes. risen indeed. That's fantastic. 2021 years in a row. Hallelujah. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know if yeah. the math works out on yeah. that, but we'll, I don't know. we'll let it go for now. Based Dr. on Dr. J. <laughs> What are you looking at? I'm just at? reading the calendar over there. It's the round white paper roll. Right, but you know, Jesus didn't die until like 2000. Yes. No, at what, like year 26? Yes. So it's, Carried the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's only like 1990-something <laughs> years. I don't know. I don't do math. Gentlemen, you are here today uh, to talk about something, uh, a special program that we do here at Northside Church, uh, dealing with uh, some of our youth uh, called Kingdom Journey. 
And um, why don't you, uh, I guess, Stu, if you want to start us off, talk to us a little bit about what Kingdom Journey is. And uh, Nate, if you want to jump in and talk about, you know, your experience with it as well. But let's just start off with uh, telling Northside what it's about. What is Kingdom Journey? Kingdom Journey is a ministry and pilgrimage for families um, designed for rising ninth and 10th graders. Uh, traditionally, it's been a two-year program, uh, a student and a parent. And basically, we read the Bible together. And as importantly as reading it, we talk about it together. And then we learn about a variety of other topics related to Christianity and and, um, Judaism and and Islam. And we learn about geography, which I know, James, is almost as much fun for you as topography, which we also... um, (laughs) Yeah. We learn about the Crusades. Cartography. Yes. Cartography. Yeah. No cartography, but um, we... uh, we then go to the Holy Land for uh, usually eight days, and of course we did not. We were supposed to go this past summer, and that didn't work. Um, Is there so, some kind of world event going on? That, we just couldn't get schedules to line up. Get schedules yeah. Line up. yeah, yeah. Also, um, if you get if you went to Israel last summer, you had to stay there for like two months or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bonus. Yeah, uh, all by yourself. We now uh, live in Israel. It's it's, it's uh, so per- kingdom journey taking its next level. We permanent transition <laughs> to <immersion>. Israel. <laughs> That's right. It's uh, great for your uh, hotel points. Oh, uh, no doubt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, we are gonna do that trip now next June. Okay, by next June you mean 2022? I do. Okay, excellent. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, can I ask, like, where did the name Kingdom Journey come from? Um, a dark, dark place called my brain. <laughs> oh wow! So you came up with that name? <laughs> yeah. Yourself. All right. That's, so uh, I like the name. That's why I asked. I just, yeah. Uh, uh, there are other programs. Like I did a Google search, and there are other some other other churches that have programs called Kingdom Journey. Um, so you didn't come up with it. You stole not, it from somebody else. Not in this context. I came up with the idea. Um, That's like if I called a program McDonald's. It would not, you know, it's not. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I came s- up with it, but it's, you know, we're, uh, we're doing I something s- different. I searched it afterwards, and, and much to my chagrin, I uh, couldn't trademark it and therefore can't monetize it. Ah, see. Um, but anyway. Um, uh, that's that's just cool. Came up. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So it sounds like to me it's a almost like a totally immersion program into the Bible. Like if you were gonna if you were gonna teach a new language, this is exactly what you would do. You would learn the background, the history, the geography. You would learn all that stuff, and you'd learn the actual language, and then you go to the country where the language is from, and you, and you immerse yourself. So it's like a totally immersion language class for the Bible. Does that all, sound right? All of that, and um, Nate, I want you to chime in on what I'm about to say. All of that. But more importantly, particularly for the young members who are involved, it's coming together with others, including adults, but more importantly, your peers, and becoming more and more comfortable over time talking about what you read from the Bible and what it means to you. That's awesome. Um, Because I know... There's a long story uh, that I won't go into, but one of the reasons that inspired me to to come up with this idea was I went to church, um, but un- until I was much, you know, until the last 10 years, I never read the Bible. Yeah. Uh, meaning from front to back. Right. Um, the first time I ever did it was for this class. Um, so, you know, there I am in middle school and high school where, you know, Nate and his team pour all of their time. And... Um, they do a great job of trying to get 
our kids to understand Jesus's love and, and the relationship Jesus wants to have with them. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's another thing to want to get comfy, uh, talking about scripture. That's really cool. I think that, you know, just as somebody who deals with the adults here, sometimes it takes a while for people to get comfortable to talk about scripture. So it sounds like this would be a great foundation for that later in their life. Yeah. So to clarify something here, is the goal of the program to read the Bible cover to cover? That's one of the things we try and accomplish, but uh, there's no weekly test to, you know, in, is a in, ensure compliance or anything like that. But I gotta say, <laughs> I've never actually read the Bible cover to cover. Well, well we know that, Nick. Yeah, you talk about stories in here all the time. You're like, well, I'm like, that's, in the Bible? that's not in there. Or are you making that up? I still did yeah, not believe Ruth, that. Nick. Her name is Ruth. <laughs> Naomi, pretty, she got Naomi. her own book. That talking ass is where you got me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's, that's, that's true. two episodes ago. <laughs> Tune in for that. Yeah, that's uh, funny. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, and and that was one of the reasons for it is you know I had I had done Bible studies before, mm-hmm. but I had I had never read the Bible. Um, so, so there's a syllabus provided with which you could follow along and read through cover to cover. Um, yeah, we we have you know weekly, daily if you want mm-hmm. to, but you know it, before we meet again, you have to read from this to that, and the this person is in charge of talking about this section and then the next section is that person's responsibility and so uh, group members take turns doing yes that? Okay. yeah okay. so we we meet for about 90 minutes every other sunday in general that's the general cadence and most of the time is just a whip around um of everyone kind of it's not and then she said and then Ruth, you know, and then the talking ass said, um, it's, it's much more of, I thought this was a really important, uh, passage and here's why. Yeah. Um, that's what we try to get to. And Nate, so your experience with kingdom journey, um, I, I'm interested to know, um, not not just not how involved you are with it necessarily, but what kind of impact you've seen, uh, you know, and and your involvement as well. But like, I yeah. want to know what kind of impact you've seen in the youth group from Definitely. kids who've who've gone through this. Kingdom Journey is a vital vital part of what we do with student ministries, as far as our overall portfolio of what, all we offer. Right up there with confirmation, right up there with MAP and all the other great ministries we offer through student ministries. One of the things that we noticed um, for years you know, through student ministries and through church in general is what we've kind of spoken about already is that our students and then as they become young adults uh, have really a low biblical knowledge, biblical, you know, literacy. Um, They might know the gospels. Last night here at youth group, one of the students was talking about a younger student, granted eighth grader, talking about how they only know about four books of the Bible. Of all the books in the Bible, they knew some gospels and they knew Genesis. Um, they didn't know anything about the prophets. They didn't know anything about the letters from Paul. They didn't know anything about the rest of the Bible. So through Kingdom Journey, the power of Kingdom Journey is several fold. Um, but for me, the key part of it is that they get into the Word. They get into the Scripture. And through Stu's leadership and the other parents that are a part of it, they walk through the Bible. The students have to uh, learn and read the material and then present it to their peers, which is a big deal. Yeah, it's absolutely. a big deal to do in front of your peers to be prepared. But then the other huge component of this wonderful ministry called Kingdom Journey is that they do this side by side their parent. 
yeah. the parent has to have investment and ownership in the reading as well. And so then ideally, not that this happens all the time, people are busy, got a lot going on, but ideally there's a moment at home, Monday through Saturday, where they're talking about scripture at home. Mm. I mean, how powerful is that? Because we get them for a couple hours here at the church, a couple hours at worship maybe, but then their parent gets them all the time. And yeah. so to have that opportunity before they go off to college or whatever else is next for the student, to dive into the Word, to learn about this history, to learn about how this history impacts me in this day in, day out in 2021, 2022, is powerful. Yeah. And there's nothing else like that that we do here that is, comes close to this for the 16, 17, almost 18-year-old student that we have as they research what it means for them. We want the Bible to come alive for them as the living Word of God and not just be seen as another you know, text from school once I learn my science, my math, whatever, I can put it up on the shelf and it doesn't change. We want them to be dive in head first into the living word and through Kingdom Journey it offers them a vessel to be able to do that. That's a that's pretty um that's I, think a great, can, I think we can t- stop the yeah, recording right so. now. We're, we're done. Uh thanks guys for coming in. No, so one of the things one of so I've I've come to Kingdom Journey a couple times to do yeah, a couple yeah. of different lessons, right? And it's been amazing, right? And what I one of the things that I found, uh one of the things I think I've found um, interesting, uh, maybe a little surprising even, was uh, I did the whole, you know, the whole Bible in 30 minutes spiel and answered questions uh, that were kind of pre-prepared about Scripture in general. Um, and the parents in the room were way more interested, it seems like, yes. or at least they were more willing to ask questions, right, in the moment uh, than some of the kids in the room. Uh, and I think one of the things I noticed that I don't know was picked up in the room, the thing that I was finding, uh, I guess, surprising is not that the parents had questions, uh, but that the kids were were listening to the parents' questions. Like mm-hmm. they were paying attention to how interested their parents were in the Bible, and that was something that I thought was really cool. Uh, you know, and, and I noticed I know a lot of parents. I I used to work in student ministries as well. I know a lot of parents think that their kids don't care about mm-hmm. anything that they say or do, right, or anything that they're modeling. They think their kids are completely checked out. But you'd be surprised what they're looking at to the side, you know, what mm-hmm. the, they're sideways glancing at. Oh, yeah, newsflash. Yeah, newsflash, right? <laughs> they um, were being they, watched. They hear everything. Yeah. They see everything. Yeah. And they process it all. Yeah. Starting way earlier than you think they do. Yeah. For sure. So that. that and the, and I, I would say to that as well, to, to have that time dedicated where you could talk about scripture is so important. Um, we all know 16-year-old, 17-year-old is so busy, so much going on, so much activities, whether sports, even during COVID times, our students are, you know, they have a lot at their disposal and our, our schedules ourselves are so busy. So to be able to sit down here at the church for an hour and a half, you know, on a Sunday morning and talk through with the class or independently at home is such a vital time. And it's even better that they're talking about scripture, but oh, yeah. just the direct conversation and relationship that builds from that with your son, with your daughter. And Stu knows this way more than I do, that there's even been grandparents and other parts of the family who've joined in as well. So phenomenal. That's awesome. How many times have we done Kingdom Journey here at the church? We've, uh, newsflash, we have a class that'll be starting right after Labor Day, and that'll be Kingdom Journey 5.0. 5.0. Yeah, our first one started in 2014. Okay. Um, 5.0 will be a little different in that it'll only be one year instead of two. Okay, okay. So we can sync up with that trip okay. next summer. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, More to come on that on this on this podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll direct you to places where you can register for that. Is registration going to be open for that soon, yes. or is it already? Yeah. We'll, okay. yeah. 
we'll, we'll hit that at the end. We'll get that at the end. Yeah. If so, if you want to be part of Kingdom Journey, stay tuned to the That's end. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get. I want to hear kind of what's the feedback you've gotten from the parents on this because I don't imagine Stu that you're. Um a rarity in that you feel like you didn't really read the Bible until you were an adult. And how do the, how do, how are the parents responding to this kind of deep dive and doing it with their kids? I could see maybe being intimidated. I mean, I like being asked to be in a position where you're going to pick up the material, you know, where they participate in and leading to and how, what is the parent role and what is their response to the program? That's a great question, Nick. Uh, so uh, I'll answer quickly, and then sure. Nate, because you guys serve a special role in the room, I, I want your in-depth answer. But it's been very fascinating, Nick, because some parents come in with a, a pretty solid understanding of, of the Bible, and others, like me, came into their First Kingdom Journey class having never read the Bible, um, you know, Genesis to Revelation, um, or anything close to that. Um, so it's, it's good to see, you know, um, uh, James, you, you came, Dr. James, you came to the, you came to one of the first, uh, the two times you've come, it's been to one of the first sessions. So, you know, we're still kind of storming and, and trying to find our groove, but what you see is everyone comes to get comfortable with how they approach it and different, different parents have different styles, just like the kids do. And once I'm going to shut up here in a second, um, Nate. Once we start to understand how that all intersects, then uh, I think it goes pretty well. Do you, do you say? Would you th- say that each class kind of has as its own personality? Then I mean, like, because the way you're talking about it, you know, there's there's a it seems like there's a model, there's a structure that you're going for uh, that you're trying to use, but that every group of people is going to play out a little differently. Relationships are going to build a little differently, or or the character of the class is going to be a little different each time. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely say so, James. Um, you know, I I think to to what Nick was saying a second ago as well. You know, I don't even know if I told Stu this um, beforehand or through our conversations, but I did have uh, parents come to me and they were, I don't know if they were intimidated, but they were worried, they were scared, they were nervous. I guess is the best word of what was going to be asked of them. Will the reading be really that much? Um, they had come from a disciple study uh, viewpoint, and they wanted to know mm-hmm. how akin this was to that. Yeah. Um, they didn't want to do it halfway. Uh, they wanted to give it all their effort if they were even to sign up with Stu and the class and what that looked like. Um, some of, and now two years later almost, or beyond that, they are fully invested, some of our best parents that are in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and James, Dr. James, you are exactly right that um, each class has its own rhythm, its own um, dynamic. Uh, what is fun for me is I get to know their students in other spaces as well, like youth group and Sunday school and places like that. The parents, it, it's no wonder why the kid acts the way they do. Yeah, the parents are very much like their student, and they choose the same place in the room to sit week after week. There are certain rhythms and you know methods that they go. They like the kinds of refreshments that we bring. Mom likes it the same as the kid likes it. Uh, they're more extrovert, introvert types of styles. They sit on the same couch, linked arms together, that first couple meetings and those kinds of things. And um, who does the bulk of the speaking? Is it mom? Is it a child or whomever? Um, but Stu's right. As the class moves on, there's this neat, um, almost this 
understanding of every, everybody's view is important. Um, the other thing that we're working with in our student ministry is creating a safe place to belong and safe place to ask questions and to be yeah. transformed and yeah. grow in the faith. Yep. And this allows that opportunity that if you and I have a difference of opinion about the scripture, it's okay. There's enough space for everybody in here. And yeah. let's challenge thought. Let's have our voice heard and not storm out of the room mad, but be okay with that. Sounds like a program we should open up to the larger North Side population, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's great. So speaking of that, though, what? Let me ask you this: What are some of the biggest challenges that you've encountered in in the in the in the life of this program? What are some of the challenges that, not necessarily, were obviously we're not derailing, and not other than the pandemic, which was kind of derailing. <laughs> uh, but sorry, uh, what are you talking about? So, <laughs> um, yeah, but so what are what are some of the challenges and, and obstacles that you've had to jump over as you've as you've continued to build the program? Uh, really quickly, I, I think the number one is um, before people actually start the class, um, a lot of concern about the time commitment. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, two you could, years. You want me to commit to do something for right. two years? For, for 15 minutes a day. So, you know, you guys had a great Which, podcast uh, a few months ago. We had about, our time just praying. About praying <laughs> three times a day, right? Right. Eight, eight noon, and eight. It's like a Dr. Yeah. Pepper bottle, right? Yeah. Ten, two, Dr. and four. Dr. Pepper. Complete that phrase, by the way. You can, you can edit kidding. it out. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think that's the number one bottleneck, Nick and mm, James. No is, pun intended. E- Oh, ah, yeah, hey, 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 we got jokes. Here my joke came right around and hit me in the back ah, of the head. Man. I didn't even know it, <laughs> Doctor J. Uh, but you know, there, there. When we have our informational meetings, it seem it seems that the majority of the questions revolve around time. Yeah, yeah. And and in a good a good way, it's because, pe- like Nate was saying, if people are going to do it, they want to do it fully is that because the kids have busy schedules or the parents have busy schedules or is it a little bit of both i mean what is the time the time commitment is that's a time commitment for both the kids and their parents so which one of those is having a bigger problem with with uh, or or a bigger struggle Uh with that i'd be interested Uh, to know no data (laughs) no data available what's funny is they'll the parent will say it's because of the kid yeah of course they will and and the kid the, the, the kid goes with where they're even though they're older, where mom and dad need them to be. Right. And if it's something, and we all know this, we do this with our own schedules. If it's something of importance and relevance that will matter to us, we'll make the time for it. Sure. Um, it's the same thing. You know, I can't get up early to go to Sunday morning worship, but I'll get up early to go to work or I'll go to you know school on Monday and Tuesday and so forth. You know, if it's important, you know, to be there, I see the relevance. I see how it's impacting my life. I'll make a way to be there. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, I think, you know, broadly speaking, I think much more times the kids are a little bit more resilient to that. They'll make the time. Uh, parents will see obstacle after obstacle after challenge after challenge, and it's a little bit more difficult to break through. Yeah. But once you do, they're with you all the way. Right, right. Agreed. So you're talking about an hour and a half on Sunday morning every other week, plus the reading during the week on your own schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, some people do some people do all of that reading at one at one time. Yeah. Some people do it mm-hmm. daily. We don't we don't say, you know, we don't mm-hmm. say you have to do it every day. Yeah. Um, small bites chew thoroughly, yes, but 
um, you know. I wonder how Nick would do in, in a class like that. All at once on Saturday. Yeah, all at once on Saturday. That's what I thought <laughs> I was going to say. He's, he's cramming. Wake, wake the kid up to talk about the Bible. <laughs> the flow's going. So uh, an amusing anecdote when we were talking about how each class has its unique um, personality, which Nate did a great job of explaining. Um, the syllabus isn't the same every time. Um, okay. We, we do adjust it because we learn from every time. Um, but the amusing anecdote is um, the first time we did it, um, we used a Bible that was daily reading by theme. So here's a little bit from the New Testament. Here's a little bit from Psalms. Here's a little bit from the Old Testament. Um, that was kind of cool. Yeah. But you realize that you were reading the same Psalms over and over and oh, over. Oh, really? Again. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then I said, hey, let's do chronological Bible this time, thinking Genesis to Revelation. It turns out that there is a chronological Bible, which is the Bible we got, uh-huh. <laughs> based on when people think it yeah. was written. Yeah. So based on when the book was written, maybe. Based on when, yeah, when scholars believe the book oh, was written. wow. So it was yeah. not Genesis to that Revelation. That would have been fun. I would have liked that. Um, it, the last couple times. You, you, you got some okay. copies around that. I was going to say, I, I got <laughs> one right, for you. All right. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. You got them over there. That's um, awesome. Add it to the library. Yeah. yeah. But, but again, there, going space? going to lack of biblical knowledge, I had no idea that, I mean, I said chronological Bible. I, I'm thinking, yeah. you know. You're thinking. Yeah. How can you get any earlier earlier than, you know, the on, the seventh, world, on the seventh yeah. day he yeah. rested, you know. I mean, that's, that's pretty. Uh, it was like six uh, days before that. Still, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going for the punchline. get any earlier. Going for the punchline. No, that's fascinating. So, um, how do you how do you engage the Bible now? Is it just just straight through on canonically? Is it Genesis Revelation now or canonically? Canonically, yes. okay. Yes. Right. Thank you for uh, teaching me today. Yes. Yes. Great. One. That's the uh, word. Well, so well, why don't y'all address that question? Because I've been doing disciple the last four years. I'm in disciple four right now, and so I am curious about how does that reading compare to what the disciple commitment for reading is. I haven't done disciple, so you tell me. Well, let's get you in a disciple class, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we got something like after Kingdom Journey 5.0 for you. <laughs> <laughs> we got disciple 1.0. <laughs> guess um, what? You're leading a class. Yeah. Well, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> and you got to take them to Israel. M- miss a meeting, <laughs> teach a class. It's going to be the most right. popular disciple one class ever. <laughs> So, no, so I think to Nick's question, and maybe Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I'm interested to know, like, how those different ways of addressing Scripture played out. So you said syllabus changed. Each one of these each one of these classes kind of read it in a different way. You had one of them reading it chronologically, one of them reading it, it passed, little passages daily, daily, mm-hmm. um, or thematically, I guess. Uh, how did that, did you see any big difference in, in that engagement? Um. I'll I'll into that one. Um, personally, I've found the canonical version the best. Okay. Um, I, when I say best, I mean um, the most aligned with the reason why. Even after four times, I was still reading it. Yeah. Um, because when we're in worship or when we're in study and we open our Bibles, yeah. the vast majority of the time, it is a canonical right. Bible. Yeah. And therefore... So you get more comfortable it, with just 
yeah, ha- yeah getting yeah. moving around in the Bible. Canonically, it's just <laughs> more familiar, and it's what it's what people are going to see. Yeah, the majority of their lives. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean that's just the Bible. Yeah, that's just the Bible. What Although, we're used to as yeah. yeah, what's in the pews in the church. Right. Yeah. Right. Unless yeah. they pick up a Catholic Bible, they, 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 well, they it's should got be fine. weird Part stuff stuck in the just middle. Just got stuff in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Almost as weird <laughs> as the Baptist Bible, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got stuff taken out. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Baptist Bible has has divinely inspired maps in the back. Even the maps are in divine. And the, and the glossary and the concordance. I loved that section. Gosh, I love that yeah, section. Yeah, absolutely. Hours the maps fun. and the That's concordance funny. and the... The doctrinal statements. Dr. James is a big fan of maps. Well, so let's talk about that for a second, because I am a fan. <laughs> I am a fan of the maps. I am a fan of knowing knowing where this stuff is in relative to itself. So, like, no, I understand where Jerusalem is relative to Rome and Antioch and Galilee and the, sea, you know, the Red Sea and Egypt and all that stuff. I have, I have uh, said in the past, probably controversially, that... Actually, going to these places, physically going to Israel or, you know, this Holy Land stuff that you Christians seem to want to do all the time, uh, <laughs> not including myself. Uh, no, that, that a bunch of Christians like to do. Like, that's a big, that seems to be a big desire and passion, particularly, uh, uh, you know, in the Christian church that people want to go to Israel and they want to go to these holy places. I want to see where Jesus walked. You want to see where Jesus walked. And, and I, I have never been... That's never excited me or interested me very much. So let me let me give you guys the opportunity to, um, and that's just me. I'm not saying it's not important or that people aren't challenged or impacted by that. But if if um, if if I was trying to, if I asked you guys, why should somebody go to the Holy Land? Why is that such an important thing? What is it that you would tell me? Like, what's the response that you might give me for that? Have you ever been to the Holy Land, Nick? No, I've never been. So what do you guys think? I don't know. Is that? I think I'm the only one that's been. You're the only. So talk so to me far, about that, Stu. How do you? I've been, not only not only how would you convince me, but like, what do you tell the kids about this? Um, so I've been four times. Um, once with a men's group from this church, and and uh, uh, well, actually maybe three times. I don't know. Uh, with Kingdom Journey, um, and I would say that there are there are two entirely separate answers to that question. Okay. There's the secular, secular, and there's they're religious. Um, and I, I'll cover the secular first because the religious is much more open-ended, I think. But okay. secular, you know, Jerusalem and the Holy Land is, you know, arguably one of the oldest continually inhabited areas of the world. Mm-hmm. It for thousands of years was the, um, you know, way before the Silk Road, which was kind of an east-west sort of thing. Um you know, the, the King's Highway and, and all of that was, you know, the uh, connector yeah. <laughs> downtown. It connected the world, right? Everything yeah. went through that because they didn't sail yet. Yeah. You know, everything was on land and it all went through this 50 mile wide stretch of land. Yeah. Um, so there is so much history there, regardless of whether you're Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Wiccan. Um, agnostic. <laughs> is there a lot of Wiccan, uh, yeah, involvement? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so so that's that's unbelievable. So just from a human history perspective, this has been an incredibly important place. Human history, um, including the modern day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, a lot of hi- modern politics. Yeah, history. Yeah. Hi- no exaggeration that history is made in Israel every year. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form, it does. It does seem to be like the the most 
contentious and fought over mm-hmm. piece of land uh, ever. Ever. And it's like the size of Connecticut or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not even that big. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no. That, uh, and then from a spiritual perspective to, to what Nick was saying, um, you know, there are, you know, you, um, and as our archaeology techniques get more and more precise, um, there's more and more certainty, a, a higher degree of certainty coming in on certain things. Um, so as we move away from a fedora and a whip and more to a, a pick and a shovel, right? Yes. You get that? You yeah. get my reference? Wow. 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 Here's my folding hanger for my leather trench coat. Wow. Wow. Nice one. Yes. Nice. I hate snakes. Nice. Why did well it have played, to be people. Snakes? We can go all day. No. All day. So so that's a whole nother episode. But I, I think but you're really, right. So as we get as we get better at at uncovering <laughs> the past, it becomes more you say you think more and more important or uh I th- I think that that's kind of irrelevant because if you believe you believe. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and that's kind but, of where I've always come from. But even if you just kind of believe, when you get on that airplane to come back, wherever you were, you're further ahead. Yeah. Whether it's because of the um, communion we did in um, what what might be the um, where where the tomb was. Yeah. Uh, whether it's uh, walking um, St. Peter's Rock or Masada, um, which you know doesn't really play a big role in in Jesus's ministry at all, but um, or walking the Villa del Rosa, in, yeah. you know, yeah. um, it, it's you, you're, you're there. Uh, Do you think? Um, I think I already know the answer to this question, but I'm asking anyway. Do you think that some of that power and 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 you said that if wherever whatever kind of faith you have after when you get on the plane to come back you know you're you're ahead. Do you think that's because that that kind of transformative power that kind of impact that it has is because you're doing it with a community of people that you are doing it with other people you're there with the people that you've studied particularly mm-hmm. with kingdom journey I would think mm-hmm. you've been studying the Bible for two years or one year or whatever and now you're there together. Uh, I would imagine that would have more of an impact. Then for me, I definitely would have more of an impact for me than just me getting on a plane today and flying over there. Yeah, that's an important point that I 100% agree with. And um, our friends at Peachtree Road United Methodist. Um, Your friends? Yes. Is that what we call them? <laughs> well, n- no one could see my air quotes, right, when I did that? Oh, wait. We um, love you, Peachtree Road. We know you're not listening. <laughs> anyway, um, they, one of their um, adults, um, Scott Alexander, was friends with one of our families, and he came to some of our classes, and he went on our trip because he heard about it from his friends, and he was inspired to check it out. That's awesome. And they started it um, at Peachtree So they're Road. doing it over there now, the, too. Yeah, they're on their third. Um, and they have a high-class problem, which is they have, like, 55 people, kids, kids and parents combined. Mm -hmm. So they literally have to break break into groups. Yeah. Yeah. And we purposely try, um, uh, there's symbology in the number, but we don't go above 24. Okay. 12 and 12. 12 and 12. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we all fit on a smaller bus. We all like their (laughs) logistical reasons, but you know, we can all fit in places at the same time. I'm, I'm providing, tactical examples that illustrate yeah. your point right yeah that's exactly we, right, yeah. we can all sit in one room in a restaurant and eat together at the same time 
we can all move down the Via Della Rosa together yeah. or through the Muslim quarter or uh, the Armenian quarter without creating a huge, mm-hmm. you know, traffic. And you're, you're having that shared experience, I think. It's, yeah. yeah. It's something that you're going to be talking about, too, for the rest of your life with these people. Anytime you see these people, you remember that time. Yeah. You know. Well, and, and um, one of the reasons I started it um, when I pitched it to the church, they bought in, the church bought in immediately was, you know, what? I would love to have kids from Northside going from high school to whatever's next, whether it's career or college. Um, I'd love to have them going there with more personal strength than I did. Yeah. Um, and in my mind, if you've read the Bible and talked about it with peers and parents and then gone, you're way ahead of wherever, where yeah. Stu Sheldon was when, you know, he left the great state of Kansas, which is you know, one higher than Oklahoma. Well, you were getting ahead just by leaving Kansas. You were getting ahead. There is a, I think there's a point in just your development maturity where you eventually do make that connection that the stories that you're reading in the Bible are rooted in a real place. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to put together that, it, it, hey, it seems like the Bible is addressing this kind of history that really did happen. Like my my social studies class in school and the Bible are not mutually exclusive yeah. episodes, sure. you know? Right, yeah. right. And so I got to absolutely see it being particularly formative in high school to read the Bible, read it in context with politics, with modern geography, with, you know, what's going on, and then to actually go and see it. Right. Like that would definitely set somebody up to go into college, go into career, recognizing, hey, this is not a fairy tale. Right. This is not Narnia. Right. right. This, this, is is not, actual, this is an actual This place. is not a Narnia. long time ago middle, when a galaxy. Middle Earth or uh, Westeros. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because I, I do think that is a... <laughs> Kansas. Because I do think that's a real concern when you first start reading the Bible as as a kid and you're also reading all these other stories. Yeah. That it does seem so far away and so distant that the way that this brings it into like a real crisp reality. What you said there, Nick, is a huge point with students is that delineation between other parts of literature that they read, you know, whether Harry Potter or whatever that they might be reading, and that why is the Bible the Bible and those others aren't, you know? And they read, our kids are smart kids. They read all these great novels of history, of classic novels. You know, they read for fun. They read all the time. Um, they're very much more well-read than I ever was at, th- at their age. So the, the distinction point of saying, why is the Bible different? Why does the Bible have an impact on my life here as an 18-year-old, 17-year-old? As I'm about to make that next step into whatever is next, as Stu was saying, is a pivotal point in their spiritual journey. Then to be able to go there to get in front of them in that unique way. And the bonus, the amazing bonus I keep going back to, I know, but is so huge for me is to be able to do with their parents and to build that relationship even further. And then to have that connection point when now five years have passed, 10 years have passed down the line to come back and say, hey, you were in my kingdom journey class together. Where's life now with you? You have that commonality, that connection point that started back here years ago. You know, as we look further on to the future, and, and Stu knows that with some of the classes that have progressed through the ranks now with where they're at in their own journey, to have that pivotal moment is so huge. Um, I get asked all the time, why is the Bible different than Canterbury Tales or one of the other classics? And there's so many reasons, but for these kids to see the differences, 
you know, powerful. It's a big deal, yeah. I would imagine. Plus, I would just imagine if I wanted if I wanted to be a big American history buff, you know, it's hard to to really get into that and then not go to Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. or go look at some of the you know Gettysburg or go look at some of these big places right. Right, that I know exist but aren't real until you touch, taste, and feel them. That's right. Uh, or if I was big into Greek philosophy, which I actually am, and, and I would go to Athens, right, and look at the old you know Parthenon or whatever. We look at some of the for some sure. Of that. Yeah, can we do that trip? Yeah, let's do that trip. <laughs> we need to work on that. We, we actually we we've Athens actually journey. had a couple of families um, on the way back. Oh, really? Um, stop in Athens. Okay. Um, we had a couple families stop in Paris. We don't encourage that on the way over because yeah. we all got to get on the same bus at the same mm. time. And if you miss the bus, it's up to you to get yeah. caught up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we've had people split off once we leave and, and do other things. Like that. You guys have any... Um any stories from from your trips over to Israel that are worth anecdotes or worth sharing? Kind of funny stories or transformative stories or so an amusing anecdote. The first time I went with the men's group and Dr. Gill, that was advertised as Dr. Gill's last trip to the Holy Land, and we're like, Dr. Gill, you gotta, you know, you gotta let us go. You know, we're 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 your lowest of the low, and so we went and we had a great time and then he went again the next year yeah, of course um, yeah that's like Elton John's last concert yeah, right, series yeah. that he's done three in a row now. Yeah, going out of business sale uh, for February um, in, anyway that's not one of the stories but um, when when I went on that trip um, our tour guide was a, a gentleman named Samir Khoury K-H-O-U-R-Y and he had done a number of trips with Dr. Gill and um, started talking with him because my wife Karen is um, her grandfather came from Lebanon, and so you know towards the end of the trip I just start talking to him and it turns out his name's the same, right? Corey. Oh, okay, okay. He and my mother-in-law sent a couple emails back and forth, and Samir. And my wife are related. Oh, wow. Now, Kuri is a very common name in Lebanon, apparently. Um, but um, they figured it out that they're pretty sure that they're related. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. So when we went on the first Kingdom Journey class and our oldest son, Will Sheldon, mm-hmm. who you guys know, Nate, Nate knows really well. Yep, yep. Um, when Will Sheldon went, uh, I thought Samir was going to cry. Oh, really? Uh, just meeting somebody like I still get goosebumps yeah. just thinking about the scene. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, cool. right? that's really cool. Uh, he was meeting not I mean technically his flesh and blood, but yeah. um anyway, so that was a really cool story. Yeah. It's a small uh, world. It's a small it world. It's a how, small world. But I'd hate to have to paint a family it. could be flung, you know, like the yeah. seeds of a family. It's insane. We the first time we went uh with the first Kingdom Journey crew, you know, we go to these lunches and there's there's kind of a set meal. First they bring out what's called the salads. And it's, um, veg- ve- I'm grossly under explaining it, but in the interest of time, <laughs> it's all kinds of vegetable sticks and olives. The olives there are unbelievable. Yeah. Even if you've been to Whole Foods and you hit the olive bar there, <laughs> you still have no idea. <laughs> no idea. I love There's, a good olive. Oh my gosh. And they're all three meals, <laughs> all three meals. So, um, you know, you've got your hummus and your baba ganish and, and all of those things and 
pita that they literally just peeled out of the oven. Oh man! Um, and then they bring out the kebabs and etc. Yeah. Unless you're near the Sea of Galilee, in which case they're bringing out what's called the Jesus fish. Um, so you, you kind of have this three course meal. Then there's like baklava or something like uh-huh. that for dessert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but they bring out so much of it, and we were sending half of it back. And so um, I finally worked through our tour guide and I said, it's not about they they take if you if you say something like this, they take it as a potential offense to their hospitality. Sure. Right. So you have to say it the right way. But I'm like, please. So we don't waste as much food. We will pay you the full amount, but just don't only bring out, you know, two thirds of it. Right. Right. You know, and if you if you want to give that food to the hungry or whatever, whatever you want to do, or if you don't prepare as much, yeah, because we don't want to waste it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that to to be in a room <laughs> of twenty people where ten of them are sixteen, seventeen year right, olds, right, and to see them be full, yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow, and they haven't even finished bringing the food out, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. They're like Americans. They like big portions. They like. They like everything. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so that's uh, that's an amusing story. Another thing, uh, it's not amusing. It's just really powerful. Yeah. Um, there's an organization called Kids for Peace, and they're based in Jerusalem, but they're also based out of Washington D.C. And they're all about breaking down the perceived and actual barriers between the three religious communities in Israel, which is predominantly. Judaism and Islam. Yeah. Um, the amount of Christianity that's in Israel has been dropping, dropping, dropping. Yeah. It's in the single digits now. Oh, wow. Um, but basically what they do is starting in middle school is they bring kids from all three religions together. Summer camps, mm-hmm. uh, not Bible studies, right. right, but just community events together. Okay. Where they can literally, they start with basically getting these kids to realize that their peers from the other religions despite what they've been taught, do not want to kill them. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's where they're starting. That's that's good. Right, that's which good for us is a weird, that paradigm makes no sense, <laughs> yeah. right? But that's the reality. Yeah. And they end up that they're friends. Yeah. And friends for life, kind of like what Nate was talking mm-hmm. about with our Kingdom Journey class. They don't share religion, right? but they at least learn they can communicate with someone. Yeah. And it's not about converting anyone to anything, Yeah. right? It's all about communication and, and connection. Um, so we have a, a evening meal and an evening spent with kids for peace and they bring in, um, it depends, but they'll bring in about as many of their kids as we have and they'll bring some parents as well. So the parents have people to talk to. And at the end, um, we usually stay in this, um, uh, really nice middle of the road hotel in the, in the old city of Jerusalem, uh, called the Gloria hotel. And it's right by um right by one of the gates and there's a shopping mall a modern shopping mall across the street but you're also a hundred yards from um church of the holy sepulcher oh wow okay like that's cool primo location it's not a five-star hotel right but it's very nice the staff loves to have you there so anyway we finish this dinner we finish the talk and the kids go together and the local kids host our kids and Depending on what night of the week is, they'll they'll go through Old Jerusalem together. They'll go to the shopping mall together. They don't go any further than that, really. But, you know, here are 20 kids or so, again, from different, different walks of life. All hanging right? out together. Yeah, all, are, all hanging out. Are they all like 14 to 18 years yeah. old? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, peers. 
Yeah. Yeah. And some of them are still friends today. That's amazing. Yeah. We could use a program like that just for like Methodist kids, Presbyterian kids. (laughs) Down the street kids. Yeah, just down the street kids. So as we kind of wrap up and and come to a close in our conversation today, um, do what kind of um, how how can people at Northside participate or be a part of what you guys are doing, even if they don't have a child who's in the age range that you guys are talking about? Is there any way for uh, adults at Northside to get engaged with your program with your program in any way? Have you had that question come up? We we have not had that question come up. the model is definitely built on one kid, one parent. Yeah. There, there are some families that have had both parents. Yeah. And it's okay if both of them come. We don't want them, you know, alternating back and forth unless there's a family situation that sure. requires that. Um, in that case, it's fine. Um, but, you know, we have some two parents, but they come almost always together. But this is the, the root of your model is one one kid, one parent. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's good. Now, having said that... Um, if there is an adult who finds this really fascinating and is interesting in help helping, I don't call it teaching because it's peer taught, right? But if there's an adult who's interested in helping facilitate, that would be fantastic. We do try to, uh, I think this is a good word, Nate. We try to gamify it some, (laughs) Gamify. uh, you know, so it's not just, what what is that gamify? Is that a millennial term? (laughs) Gen Z. Gen Z. Uh, Uh, so instead of doing it the way boring old Mr. Sheldon thinks about it and it's like, okay, let's just get together every Sunday and do the whip around. Right. Okay. Sometimes we don't do the whip around and sometimes we do it kind of as a game show. Okay. Or another time we do it as a team. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember seeing that when I was there. How do you turn a boring, boring process into entertainment itself? Right. Right. That's either called gamification or Walt Disney World. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. I think, awesome. I think it's important is along with what Stu was saying for congregation to pray for us always. I think this is a key example of intergenerational ministry at Northside. Yeah. Um, Nick and you were talking a minute ago about how we can do this in other aspects of the church. I think this model is not, you know, just for high school kids and for high school parents, but I, I love it so much that there could be other ways that we impact other ministries, um, college age ministry, young yeah. adult ministry, and other folks like that, you know, down the line uh, to use this template that Stu and his team have created and how we can show this and shine this other places. Absolutely, yeah. I love how Stu has had an open door policy for guests to come in, to observe the class, to be a part of the class, to see some of the great stories that are coming through that class, um, that the richness of that. Another great thing that Stu and Herb Short, who helps lead our confirmation team, have done, there's partnership there. Um, Many, many different ways that I'm not even fully aware. But one of the neat things, once these students have done two years of uh, training, I'll call it, uh, Bible literacy and being with their parents and done the trip and all these different benchmarks, these gauges, then for church, for us in church to have them be guest speakers in other Sunday school classes, Mm -hmm. adult Sunday school classes, But then they've also gone and helped teach confirmation class before for that connection for the younger students. That's really cool. Um, so there's cross uh, pollination, cross um, you know execution of just now we've trained these young adults this life, this huge life achievement, this life um, application of the Bible. How now can we as church find places for them to serve beyond Kingdom Journey? Okay, yeah. And, that's and great. every time we go. Every member takes a yeah, Ziploc bag yeah. full of blue Ibac, I believe in the Apostles' Creed, wristbands. 
and we didn't go last year, so I think student ministries mm-hmm. is out of them. But for a good five years in a row, every kid that went through confirmation who got one of those bands, that band had been to the Holy Land. That's, right. That's, awesome. That's right. That's cool. That's and, right. and had been in people's backpacks and things uh-huh. like that so as cool. they went. That's and, very cool. Yeah. You know, Nick, to your point earlier, as those bands went to Golgotha. Those bands went mm-hmm. to the Sea of Galilee. Those bands went yeah. to Caesarea Philippi. And, That's uh, you know, and and now and now as a young seventh grader who's twelve, thirteen years old, Stu and I, you guys could talk all day about the Bible and about the stories and about all this, and it'll hit them some way. But to hear it from a seventeen-year-old kid, impacting the same story you or I would have told them, yeah, will have a whole another way of impact. I mean, absolutely, that's that's worth it. That's worth it. Absolutely, that's great. All right. Well, so we are wrapping up today. Uh, I want to make sure you guys get the chance to plug anything you want to plug as far as how uh, people who are out there want to get involved in Kingdom Journey. If they have a kid and they and they are a parent and they want to plug in, talk to us. What do, what do we got to do? Well, um, look for so Nate and Student Ministries will use the Mailchimp account and they'll target families of rising ninth and tenth graders. Okay. And it's mid-April now. It'll Mm -hmm. probably come out in, we got to map it out, but a couple weeks. That's right. um, Okay. Because we want to, before everybody breaks for the summer, we want to know what our class looks like to start after Labor Day. Okay. Um, So look for that email. Um, FYI, also open to non-Northside families. I was just going to ask if we had a a restriction on that or not. We do not. Um, And we have had at least one non-Northside family. Um, so if anybody out there knows somebody who might mm-hmm. be interested, go ahead and pass mm-hmm. along information to yep. you guys. And, and we will be doing a one-year class. It'll be the first time we do a, we've do we done a one-year class. So okay. this class will basically have a condensed. It doesn't mean we will read more every day. It means we're going to be a little more selective okay. um, in the assignments. So um, we will have uh, this class that will start Labor Day. And it'll basically go through next Memorial Day, and then right after Memorial Day, we'll get on the airplane. Excellent. And uh, Lord willing, Lord, <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Lord willing. That's great. Um, yes. All right. So <laughs> look for that email now. Relative to adults, um, you know, there there isn't really other than if there's someone who wants to help facilitate the class, but it would be very easy if there were a group of adults who wanted to. Um, as part of adult discipleship, if they wanted to kind of take this syllabus and shape it however they wanted and end up going together to the Holy Land, yeah. um, you know, we can, um, we can provide that syllabus, okay. um, can provide advisement, um, can even provide the travel agency to, <laughs> okay. to book the trip. Okay. So, All right. Um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Nick, do you have any final thoughts or questions for these two gentlemen today? No, I love the chance to get to hear more about it. And yeah. so I'm, I'm excited to see KJ 5.0. KJ 5.0. KJ Journey 5.0. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us here today. This has been a great conversation. Happy Easter. Thank you for the time, man. And uh, Amen. All right. See you guys next week. Peace. Praise God. <laughs>